You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Episode 78 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. And because it's Saturday and not an NFL Sunday, Stat Guy Rye. I'm here. So, Stat Guy Rye, you dissed us last week to watch... It was what? I didn't even watch that game. The Chargers and the Titans. You dissed us for that game. I didn't even watch the game. You guys asked me if I was watching it. I wasn't watching it. Great game. I didn't have my phone on. You know what? You should have actually just told us you watched the game. We would have been less upset. We would have been less upset. We would have been understanding. You, you were just dodging our calls just last week. We would have been more understanding. Well, maybe if you guys organized better. Uh, wow. We had set in stone 11 what? o'clock on Sunday for like a whole week. Whole week. Whole week. Well, you, Maybe two <laughs> weeks. Probably three. Maybe three. I saw one text about it. Just because you saw one text doesn't mean there was only one text. Right. You guys send million, a million texts. Million texts. Million. I can't. That's keep, funny. I can't keep up. That's with, funny. You actually brought that up. Your That's funny. You actually brought that up because I took a three-minute phone call on the way home from work yesterday, hung up the phone call, and I had twenty-five missed text messages from both of you back and forth. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cray. Kids still say that. That's shit cray. cray. No. Is, is cray still a thing? Cray still a thing? Is it? I don't know. I don't really keep up. You know. Once you get past like 33, you don't really keep up with kid lingo anymore. So you've been way past that. Way then. past it. Uh, this is actually a special Saturday episode we're recording. We are going to do the Keep Them Dumpums, or we will save that for episode 79, which will actually still drop Monday morning. We're just giving you a bonus. A bonus. A bonus Saturday episode because we figured we had a few things that we wanted to talk about and still keep the Keep Them Dumpums separate. Right. Uh, so we're giving you a bonus episode, a bonus off-season episode. I bet you didn't expect that one to come. I didn't expect it. Uh, what we will be talking about today is we're going to divest a little bit away from the Yankees because the World Series is still going on. The Mets have named the GM, and we got to debate Bryce Harper versus Manny Machado. So that is Yankee relevant, but you know, in the off-season, I think maybe we Wait, could... the Mets hired a GM or... DeGrom resigned his agent. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. I think in in an effort to keep this show kind of relevant and not be like, uh, come on here in the middle of January and be like, Yankees did nothing and we'll see you next week. Um, well, there's still baseball to talk about. There's still about, baseball so. to talk about. So this won't be a as Yankee-centric in the offseason as maybe it would be during the regular season. Right. So last night... I was at I was stunned, stunned out of my mind. I was watching game three of the World Series and I don't know, man. I must have I was watching I must have fell asleep around eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. My wife comes into the man cave to come get me to come to bed at two thirty in the morning. I look up at the TV and the, the game still is on. still on. Crazy. I was like, You have gotta be kidding me. 
Think about this. Here's how I let's let's just pretend this was on the East Coast so we don't have to get confused with all of the uh you know time changes and stuff. Say you have tickets to game three of a World Series game, right? Eight oh nine start would have been Eastern. Right? You listening? You yes, hear me? I hear you perfectly fine. Um eight oh nine start. What time you get into your seat? World Series game three, first game at home. Dude, I'm at Yankee Stadium at fucking three o'clock in the morning. At three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You're getting there. You're prepared. You're mentally prepared. You get in your seat the second the gates open up at what? Maybe six o'clock. But you're there all day. And then you're there till four in the morning. If that was on the East Coast, we're talking four in the morning. The game ended at three thirty. Yeah, Eastern. Three thirty, three forty. Yeah, by the time you get out of the stadium, by the time you get home, it's five o'clock in the morning. You you're, are you're calling out uh, of work. You are not. I'm telling you, if that game was, let's say that game is in Boston, right? That that exact game happened in Boston. You're not getting home till six. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for let's say it was at Yankee Stadium because we can relate better. What time are we getting home? Five thirty. Now we're talking full crowd no matter where you park you're hitting traffic coming out and and I th- I was started bashing Dodger fans it looked like people cleared out no one cleared out there was I did there see was a little more but still you see how much parking costs well like 100 bucks 60 bucks where yeah, so Dodger what Stadium? Yankee regular season is is 40, 40. yeah i mean 30 no. Well, if you at park the one lot we go at, to at the garage now, it's with taxes like forty three. It's forty two bucks if you park in the garage. Joke. Forty two, at least they honor Mariana. If you right. want to walk, it's thirty five dollars. So you save seven dollars by getting some exercise. So look, we hit traffic sometimes getting back to the bridge. Um, even when it's just a regular season game where there's no one there, oh, it'll take it can easily take you an hour to get to the bridge. So the stadium, imagine a, you're not like getting in May home. You're, if Royals. you leave that stadium, say they won it at three thirty, three thirty five, you're still jumping around for 10, 15 minutes, going, "Holy shit, can't believe they won!" Singing, you know, uh, New York, singing New York. New York, New York. Everyone's high fiving. You're not even getting Break back dancing. to your car until four fifteen. And then to get oh, out of easy, the, easily to get, if not, you parked it, in the garage, you're not getting out of that garage till five fifteen. You're probably not getting home until close to six in the morning, five thirty. Yeah, that's and, crazy. And I was thinking about this last night. There was a time in my life when I had to start work at four o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, if I had World Series tickets, I'd still go because thinking, oh yeah, I'd be home by midnight, twelve thirty, catch a couple hours. But and even go to if work. not, you would sacrifice a whole night. For work, right? It's just but work. then, like, how do you even like? What would you do if <laughs> you're at the game? It's three thirty in the morning, and you have to be at work a half hour, and the game's not even I over. Think, yet. I think boss send a picture to your boss. Like, and say, dude, sorry, man. sorry, bro, I'm not gonna make. <laughs> but it. listen, like, I hope you understand. I think bosses know. Like, first of all, because it's on the West Coast, that game started at five oh nine. All I've heard about LA is how bad the traffic is. Right, so if you're getting to that game. You're taking a complete half day of work. Your boss knows you're going to the World Series. You're probably you're probably going on behalf of the business, right? They probably got you the tickets. Your boss knows. He's got to know that you're. Well, that's a. I mean, you're really, not coming. That's to a work. pretty sick company if they're just handing out World Series tickets like that to fit. You know, well, GM GM used to. You know, my dad's been an employee for GM. At a Chevy dealer for years, he used to always get playoff yeah. tickets and stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's probably like 3% of the people that are actually there. Uh, Yankee Stadium is filled with corporate seats. Yeah. So, yeah. This is actually not, the lowest not. rated World Series since 2014. I know, yeah. Kansas City, San Giants, Francisco. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, I saw somebody tweet that Do earlier. Do you blame the people? Um, this should have been. Think it would be higher with I, these markets. Yeah, but here it is. Here's Boston. The There's Boston such isolated big markets though. L.A. No, L.A. is a big market. There's no other way around it. But Boston is really not a big market. It really it just isn't. It's a big. It's an isolated big market. If that makes sense. If you're there's you're not. I mean, you're gonna you can find Boston fans all over here and there, but not like Yankee fans. I mean, you you go anywhere and you see a bunch of Yankee fans. Boston fans are are. You know, once you leave Massachusetts, you're not going to see many. Yeah, the I Red mean, Sox are a historic ball club. You know, Fenway Park, blah blah blah. Uh, they're you know they're one of the top franchises, if not the top franchise in Major League Baseball. They're very you know they have a a big following, but the Boston media market is not what New York is. It's not going to draw in a national crowd. Right. You would think though, that this would have a higher rating than last year's world. I Series, would think no? so, but here's what, and it, might, it might pick up now after that game that could have brought some, and I'm just saying in. this cause you know, it's the Yankees in every major league baseball needs the Yankees in the world series. Yeah, they do. And it's not because we're Yankee fans and we want the Yankees no, in the World Series. It's, it's because the biggest team in, in the entire world. You have first of all, you have the New York market, which can't. I mean, it's bigger than L.A. So or anywhere else in the country. So you're going to draw in the fan bases from there. But nationally, the the Major League Baseball doesn't have the draw it has of people rooting against the Yankees. Right. Outside of New York area, yeah, because the only people that really want to see the Red Sox lose are Yankee, are Yankee fans, fans. But exactly, the only people who want to see the Yankees lose are everyone else in the league. Everybody except I don't for want Yankee. to see the Red Sox lose. I don't care at this point, but I, I'm not rooting. I want, I want the Dodgers to beat them. I'm not rooting for them, but I'll tell you this: I did predict a sweep, and I think that kind of was swaying me to just be like, kind of just hope the Red Sox just take it home at this point after oh. two games. After watching, you're actually, you're, you act, you've actually put a bad taste in my mouth with how you I'm not, the I'm not. This year. Why? No, you have because you're like I don't. You, you don't watch. You it. don't watch it. Like you honestly, you I'm emotionally. For, you just said you wanted I'm emotionally Boston exhausted. To win. I don't want them yeah, to win. So we're, we we are too, but we're basically. I didn't know that you were a bigger Yankee fan than I was, and that you last I night. Am. Oh, I am. Oh, and I'm so I'm so still emotionally hurt after two and a half weeks. I am you gotta watch that game last night. I'm I can't like knowing that there's a world. Series going on. I you can't, have to. I, can't I, hate, I don't like watching if Red they, Sox do well. If they lost in the ALCS like last year, I was checked out of the World Series. But they got eliminated in the DS. Like I can't yeah. ig- ignore the World Series this year. I can't do it. There's nah. so many great storylines. I still that, follow it. No, you, and I put the game on my though, phone. How funny though is that? I said that Evaldi was going to be so bad in the postseason. He's like having the greatest Dude. postseason. Yeah, and didn't you two jackasses sit here and rip me when I said the Yankees should get Nathan Evaldi? Let me tell you something. Line? The best thing that could have happened no, to No, I me. didn't. No, you didn't? I didn't. You could check. I said Evaldi's a good pitcher then, but I didn't think he'd be up Listen, in the Yeah, postseason. I don't know. The, I, I the remember best catching I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. The best thing that could have happened to Nathan Evaldi was giving up that home run last night. Why is that? Because he was like three pitches away from just blowing his elbow out again. Let's talk about the actual game last night, right? Well, I mean, actually, you know, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, who would have ever thought you would have lived in a world that Jackie Bradley Jr. not only won the American League Championship Series MVP, but then he had, what was that, in the seventh round? Everyone was ripping him all season because he really wasn't terrible this year. He has 10 postseason RBIs, all with two outs. 
All and, of his RBIs have been with And what was that home run he hit last night in the seventh or eighth inning? Eighth inning. It was yeah. one nothing they were losing. He I tied mean, the, the guy's game. been incredibly clutch in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, on a whole nother, whole nother level than he's shown all and year. And yesterday, you knew that somebody was going to have to sit because you're not going to sit J.D. Martinez, obviously. So real, And you're not going to obviously sit Betts. So the decision was going to come down between uh, Ben Intendi and uh, Bradley Jr. And I was a little surprised that he sat... Uh, ben Intendi in that game last night, but I fit. You know, I don't know how you guys read it, but I figured that he valued Bradley's glove over Ben Intendi's bat. But really, and really, and I know what you're gonna say. It was Bradley's bat that paid off yeah. there yesterday. Here's something too. Let's put aside Alex Cora as a human being because we all know how we feel about him. I think we can all agree he's been a phenomenal manager for this team especially in the postseason I'm going to question him a little bit last night I think you have to and not just for in-game in-game stuff I'm going to question why Rick Porcello was pitching instead of Evaldi last night because Porcello's been game he's been starting game three he's but been, and still, if you watched I mean, the World Series at all you would have seen that Evaldi's pitched two games already yeah it was oh a, he has he has been yeah, he's, he's come out of the, he's been a setup guy to Kimbrell in games yeah. one and two wow Okay, I, I I don't question him for that. But what do you really question him for last night in game? Though I mean, he really didn't have any other options. No, I mean, no, I thought he did a great he job. Complete, last night. no, but here's what I question him about: He let Evaldi throw seven innings last night, so Evaldi is a non-factor for the rest of the series. Yeah, now. he's done, and he's been such a yeah, weapon. But for you them. say let him. They had Drew Pomerantz in the bullpen. But you're going to lose that game anyway at that point. Yeah, but do why you know not? What, yeah, but do you know what kind of game that is at that point mm-hmm. where you've you've burnt through everyone? Now it becomes really becomes a must win. If you take Evaldi out after three or four innings, you can have him in game six or seven coming out of the bullpen. You don't have him now. He's done. He's cooked. You just lost a big weapon. You're most like knowing that you're going to ride a Valdi till his arm falls off. You know you're going to probably lose the game anyway. So why not just put Pomerantz in a game? I just think that you that, already. And plus, it's not. It wasn't a must win for Boston. They had a two game to nothing. Yeah, lead. you're right. But once, once you, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I actually, I noticed it. It did seem like Cora was managing more. So like it felt. Like the I think Red they, Sox were down two because in the at that point, if you can take the first game in L.A. and be up three nothing, yeah, it was over. I mean, come on, that. that team's not going to be beaten. But now, I tweeted this last night. L.A. is really, in my opinion, has the upper hand, especially tonight. Right now, Eduardo Rodriguez has to start now because the series is alive again. It's, it's alive. Yeah, now it really it's a series. Is. It's a series. It really if, is. Even if the Dodgers won a three to one ball game in nine innings, I still would have thought that this series was over. Boston's winning yeah. five, but because of the way that game shaked out last night, L.A. has a legitimate chance to win yeah. the World Series now. Yeah, and I didn't think that going into this series. No, because you you have to. I mean. If the Red Sox pull out a win tonight, man, that is just a phenomenal job by this team because really they are they yeah. are a a tired beaten team. Look, that all could have happened last night and if you win, it's worth it. But if you lose, that is not you're not just losing last night. You're really throwing in the flag for tonight. You're throwing in the towel for tonight. And here at least setting yourself back for tonight. Because here's what you do, right? You get to the t- you exhaust your whole bullpen. <clears throat> excuse me. You bring in um, Ovaldi. You, you you try to go two or three innings with him, right? 
Right. And then if it doesn't work, you just you know at that point you're going you're going Evaldi. Right. Like you, you don't you. you don't want to take Evaldi out of the rest of the series. It's, even if he can't start a game, he's been such a weapon out of the it's bullpen. It's kind of like them. Core, if Cora was going to go to him. In your to back up your point, it should have been to give his offense a few innings to try and score some runs. And if not, then you got to just say, "Hey, Pomerantz is on this roster. Maybe he can get this job done, and we can and we can get lucky." But you can't at that point. You give your offense a few innings. If they're not going to score runs, then you got to just take him out of that game and save him. And even Evaldi had a two to one lead in extra innings, and then uh, Kinsler made the error with two outs. And allowed the tying run to score. Even at that point, I Muncie. probably Max Muncy. Yeah, scored. I probably pulled the plug on Evaldi. Say, hey, you know what? I had my chance to win the game right here. I can't. Like, what am I going to do? This guy's yeah. been such a weapon for me. Yeah, I Which agree. Is, I know Pomeranz probably hasn't pitched since mid September, but come on, he's on the roster. But you got to yeah, you got to use him sometime. I hate to say it, but it was actually. After Evaldi gave up the walk off, he went back into the dugout, and the whole team was at the top step waiting for him. I mean, you have to have nothing but on a great game. You know, I tweeted it last night that you f- you feel bad for Evaldi. The guy pitched his guts out last night. Gutsy. You want to talk about what a gutsy performance is in a postseason? That that is truly it. Last night, uh, I mean, and you want to talk about you want to ask the question as to how a pitcher goes from being just a pitcher to someone who is truly revered as a top of a top of you know a baseball kind of kind of guy Nathan Avaldi is going to be looked at in a very different way in 2019 I still wouldn't count on being a top two starter in a rotation no but. because of the arm but you know what he proved a lot in 2018 in this postseason and what he did last night man it's a shame for him, for the Red Sox, for their fans, that they couldn't pass a run across to give him that game and to and to take home that win. Well, here's what I was saying. Like I tweeted, like this guy doesn't deserve to have a loss hung next to his name after the way he pitched, and people were like tweeting back, like I don't feel bad for Red Sox. Okay, well you know what? No sometimes, one's sitting here saying to feel bad. Like you, sometimes you just got to take off your Yankee hat and look at things as, as a broader fan. perspective as a baseball Absolutely. fan, like. I hate the Red Sox as much as anybody, but I, as a baseball fan, I respect the hell out of Nathan Evaldi after what he did last night. And as a baseball fan, there's no way in that I feel good about what happened to him yesterday. Like, if anybody, if there was ever one guy to not deserve a loss in a World Series game, it's Nathan Evaldi. I mean, he, what he did last night. And that's what I said by, like, I'm not sitting here rooting for the Red Sox by any means. But look, this team won 108 games. They steamrolled past the Yankees and, and the Astros, who I... Look, I thought the Yankees could have won that series. Um, maybe it was the homer in me. But I definitely, genuinely felt the Astros were going to be a much better postseason matchup for the Red Sox and really take it home against them. And the Red Sox proved me wrong again. I'm not sitting here... Rooting against them. I mean, for baseball's sake, for their it, they they've won a lot of games and and they deserve this. And and, and Evaldi's yeah, no, just been another great pickup, and he's really proven what his value is in this postseason. Is Evaldi, Evaldi's not signed in no, 2019, free right? Free agent. Actually, Does Brian was, Cashman possibly? No. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, we need a dom- another dominant postseason pitcher, yeah. man. This guy's proving that he could be. You know, the funny thing, is, the funny thing is, is that before yesterday's game, he credit Larry Rothschild for his success. He did. Are you kidding me? Yeah, really? he did. He said Larry Roth. It, see, it never. If we all knew how good Nathan Evaldi was, how good his stuff was. I thought that was a steal of a lifetime. And it when, never when Cashman. Yeah, yeah it never him. came to fruition. He never stayed healthy. And you kind of just chalked it up and let it go. But maybe that's what it was. Maybe he learned how to pitch with Larry, but he was just never healthy. It never came together for him. And that's kind of how we look at Sonny Gray, where Sonny Gray doesn't have the same dominant fastball and stuff like that. But Sonny Gray's stuff is really good. And it just never came together for him. This is two different things. I don't think it, here's the difference between Gray and Evaldi. Gray, I don't think Evaldi was every hell. I don't 100%. think. I don't think he was ever healthy here. Yeah, where Gray just so it just tell me if mental I can get mental and physical. Yeah, it's mental with Gray Versus and physical, physical. with yep. with Evaldi. Right. If Evaldi came here a hundred percent, there's no doubt in my mind he could be. I successful. meant it more in in just as a fan looking in and saying how good their stuff was and why couldn't they be dominant. No, yeah, I I get it, but there's two completely different. Yeah, reasons. now it is because now we're seeing that it's it was just truly that Evaldi wasn't healthy. And I just checked on that bat. Both starters have the infamous TBD listed. Tonight. Two TBDs yeah, tonight, yeah. They brothers. Hill. Did they? Yeah, they might. I didn't know put who was back. originally they just, they, listed, they, but he both was teams. originally listed, but he's not listed anymore. I so I mean, this is a this is a very intriguing game tonight, and I will be glued to my TV because if Boston loses this game. They're in deep trouble. They are. Because, just like you said, now you don't have Evaldi. I mean, is Chris Hill's belly button okay for to <laughs> you, come back on you short You do rest know that he was, he was joshing everybody, right? He doesn't really have a belly button. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and and Jared, whatever the uh, hell his name I is, really he really like, got his I really, he really like got his belly button pierced. What I really a loser. dislike him. I, I, I don't like his him. face. Like, I just I don't. Wanna, yeah, I want to punch him. him. I want to punch. Him. I don't like barstool as a whole. I hate I just. I, hair, I get the concept so of barstool. No, I, I like get barstool. it. I get the concept, but when you've become as big as they are now, they were more of like a. Co- they played to college, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was cool. Now they're on a professional level where their guys are on the fan all the time. Now you gotta you gotta rein it in a little and be a little more mm, professional. I agree with that. You have your own station on XM. I mean. Be a li- I get it. This no, is what yeah. got them there. And I get it. You don't want to fray from that. I get it. No, but be a little a more professional. All right. I think we can. You guys want to touch on anything else from the World Series? Let's just say this. Um, Let's just say this. Would you say, I don't think it's a true, this would be a true Mookie statement. Mookie Betts got maybe. everybody tacos, by the way. Nice. We did, not, we did not mention that. Mookie Betts got everybody tacos. Nice. Um, here's a question I'm going to ask. Would you say, because of what, transpired last night whoever wins this game tonight wins the world series yes really yes i don't think i'll take it that far because i think i might still go back to boston at that point and then you know boston immediately has the upper hand again you have to remember something the thing with home field advantage is you're supposed you are expected to win Mm -hmm. all of your home games the dodgers are doing what they're expected to do the red sox did what they were expected to do so even if Boston goes back down three to two, they're home. Yeah, but how many times have we seen in the postseason yeah, no, when that ball gets rolling in the other direction, it's hard to stop it coming down the mountain. The series doesn't start until that's the home why, team loses. That's why Jay Happ really hurt the Yankees because 
you just you need that was Boston's first po- uh, road postseason loss this year. That actually makes no sense of what you said because the Yankees still won a game in Boston, so they didn't do what they were expected to do and win their home games. That's why they lost the series. They still won a game in Boston, so you're gonna put you're gonna go ahead and put the whole blame on Hap again. It's it's silly. I never put the blame on Hap ever. What I was saying was we expected Hap to go out there and and really hold them hold them down and give us a good chance if the think about we talked about this a million times how important that game one was for the Yankees because we expected them to win game two with David Price on the mound and if they walked away from game one with a win you're talking about a completely different series and you want to bring up David Price I didn't give him any credit for his clinching victory he gets credit for game two yes I give him credit for that Price. <laughs> Who didn't pitch? Did he? Yeah. He was in the ninth inning before Kimbrell. I, so that was, guy. I was sleeping at that point. Oh, it was so bad. And then Bellinger's on first, and Price picks him off with no outs to, in the ninth inning tie game. And then Kimbrell ends up coming in my, and getting out of it. My mother-in-law told me one of her cousins worked like a night shift, and he was so upset because he's a... Uh, I think he's a Dodgers fan. He lives out in L.A. or whatever, and he was going to miss the whole game. He, he, yeah. he posted something on games. Facebook that he was so excited because he got home in, in the ninth and he got yeah, to watch, watch another the whole nine game. First uh, doubleheader in World Series history. Man. And I read something uh, earlier today. It was, I don't, I don't know how true it is. I find it hard to believe. It was one of the World Series in, in the 30s. I don't have the exact date, like 1936 or something. The Yankees swept, I want to say the Reds, and the entire four-game series took less time than last oh night's game. God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Who I, finds that stuff? This is what people like. People like Katie Sharp. This is what they do with their lives. Like, That's, That's their job to look it. up crazy stuff like that. Crazy. All right. Speaking of crazy, I think we can move off of the World Series uh, now. I did want to mention this while we have the Boston Red Sox on our on our tip of our tongues. Um, you know, everybody's always saying, "Oh, Core is a better manager than Boone. Core is a better manager than Boone." Probably, maybe true, but yes, here I is, know what you're going to say. Great point. Here is the biggest difference between Alex Cora and Aaron Boone. And I watch enough. I know I've watched the Red Sox enough in uh, the postseason to see that they're not that different, but they're also not that similar. They're still both rookie managers, and you can see that Cora kind of gets caught up sometimes in the moment. But why he controls the moment better is the experience that he had last season as yep. the bench coach of a underneath a really good manager on a World Series team is invaluable. It goes a long, long way because I feel as a manager, when you're managing for the first time, you're finding what works. And you can't do that in preseason exhibition games. You can't do that sitting home on your couch. You can't even really do that in in the regular season either. Because yeah, you're still you're, you're kind of just finding what your strategy is, what your game plan is. And Alex Cora came into this to this job knowing what works, and he had a previous and manager he emulated it. He's been emulating it all postseason. He's been a winter ball manager. He's been the Puerto Rican uh, WBC manager. So he's had. I mean, you know, not, obviously you don't want to put those on the same level as managing the Boston Red Sox, but he has experience running a club. Yeah, and and it goes a long way. It does, and that's why he controls the moment better. 
than Aaron Boone does. And that's not to say that Aaron Boone won't learn to do that. My goal for the show before the season starts, I want to get someone on who would know this answer. I want to know how much control Aaron Boone truly has over the bullpen decisions. I want to know. As opposed to who? Larry Rothschild. Because if a lot of this was Larry Rothschild, and I'm not putting... You know, I'm not putting down Larry. I think if you really look at the grand scheme of things and the big picture, he's actually done a really good job as a pitching coach. Regardless of how we all feel, we all kind of aren't too high on him. But if you really dive into the numbers, he's done a good job. But the Yankees have like a three but three. May, year, but maybe year, a pitching ERA coach. Him. Maybe a pitching coach shouldn't be determining making all the sh- calling all the shots on on who's coming out of the bullpen and who's doing what when I don't think he I want to know how, maybe he isn't but I want to know I want to somehow find out because that's been truly my only gripe with Aaron Boone was really how he managed that bullpen because you know he didn't have that power when Girardi was here so what so what is Aaron Boone really doing if he's not calling his own pitching changes because that's the thing, though. Why would they even keep Larry on at that point? Because we said this 112 times, he needed an experienced manager on the bench with him. And instead of getting him that in a bench coach, they got him that in his pitching coach. Right. So you're Aaron Boone at this point, And you know this. You know this in your head why Larry Rothschild's there. You don't have any experience. When you're looking to make a pitching change, who are you turning to? Uh, right now, we have Clemson, Florida State on, and it's uh, second and 43. I don't know how nice. the hell that happened. <laughs> nice. Who are you turning to, though? Seriously. Larry. Right. So maybe this, maybe that's not a good match. Maybe, maybe Larry... I mean, I know the Yankees came out and said... Well, clearly... Boone didn't speak up against it, or Cashman doesn't think it's a bad match because Larry's coming back in twenty. And you know what? We have our keep him, dump him in a few weeks of the coaches, and we can get into that, and we'll get into it then. Um, Maybe we can get some information from now to then. I'll I'll dive into it and see uh, who I can talk to. The other big news coming out of the Major League Baseball world today is the Mets have hired a general manager. I don't know if it's official yet. They might be waiting waiting until the end of the World Series, but it's they're in like. Really serious. Details of the con- I think technically they. I don't know if they can. They don't announce. have to wait till the end of the World Series. No, they, no I didn't they, say they have to. I just no, no, yeah, they, I know. I'm just saying. But news is breaking today that the yeah. Mets have centered in and are offering a contract to Brody Van Wagenen to be their general manager, and uh, it's classic Mets fashion that they completely bungled this whole entire thing. Can you before you keep? Can I just preface with something because I texted this to you? What. This is so asinine to me that I had WFAN on the other day going uh, driving in the morning and I heard, I think it was Boomer and Geo talking about it. I thought they were joking when they were talking about Jacob deGrom's agent being the GM. Go, I thought they were saying it sarcastically like, yeah, why don't we just get a... Maybe they were and Will Pond's listening <laughs> just like, oh my God, great idea. Great idea, guys. I mean, come on. And not just so, the Groms, so, it's Cespedes' agent, Syndergaard's agent, Jason Vargas' agent, Brandon Nimmo's agent. You so know he, what? And Todd, he represents six current New York You Mets. know what? <laughs> if I'm Major League Baseball... Oh, it's actually seven because he's Tim Tebow's agent. Oh, great. <laughs> if I'm Major League Baseball Imagine right Scott now... Scott Boris... Is a GM somewhere? Scott no. Boris. Here, well, the actually, bias. Scott, Scott Boris bias. was on with Michael K yesterday, and he oh, yeah. said that he's had numerous opportunities to be an executive in wow. baseball, and 
has been asked to be part of ownership groups for baseball. And he said that as a lawyer, ethically, for his clients, he could never, I was never, in his mind, never do that. Look, maybe there's something in, in the in the bylaws with Major League Baseball that this is acceptable. It is. But he just has to, he can no longer be an agent. He can't. Oh. So that I would that that was going to be my next. He point. has to give up all his clients. Okay, so my thing was going to be if he's going to keep those agents, I was just about to say Major League Baseball needs to at least investigate this, and if it's a conflict of interest. Oh, it's a huge conflict. Right, of, it still is a huge conflict of interest. It still is because he has these relationships. It's not like he, he went to a team where he has no clients on. Right, he's going to a team where he has set, most six, clients probably are on. Probably, yeah, and real maybe. quick, as since we just brought up Scott Boris, real quick, did you hear his quote? That's been going around about Bryce Harper. No, about what? <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury will be ready to play in 2019. Well, what do you want him to say? He's gonna. He's gonna <laughs> and again, we'll go will into Jacoby Ellsbury's body be ready to play. And again, we'll go Probably into this not. further when we bring up Jacoby on keep him dump him. I have no problem with Jacoby Ellsbury being on this team next year. Okay. Zero. What if they sign Harper? I still have. You still need a fourth outfielder because then Stan's going to be your DH. So I again Harper I have, off the bench. Harper. All right, we'll get we're gonna get into Harper in just a few minutes. Um, so Van Wagenen came out there last year and basically ripped the Mets for not giving Degrom a contract, and now he's gonna be the guy negotiating for <laughs> the Mets against Jacob Degrom. Crazy. I don't Crazy. get honestly. I don't get it. I. I it, 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 it There's just no leverage happen. there. It shouldn't happen. He has he has absolutely no leverage. What's he gonna do? What's he, what contract. is he gonna do when he negotiates with Jacob Degrom right now? Last year he was trying to get Jacob Degrom a fucking planet, you know, like get him his own planet. Yeah. That's right. how much he wanted right. for him, and now he's gonna go in there and try to negotiate a contract to lower the cost of him and be like, "Well, Jacob, you only had nine wins last year. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to say? Like, at that point, you got you, you can't let him go anywhere. I mean. There's just there's no negotiating. Or what do you do? Trade I mean, him to the Yankees. I mean, <laughs> this guy. You know what's funny to me? I I if in my mind, J- Van Wag. How do you say Van Wagenen? Van Wagenen. If Brody. you if you Bro, if you a, if you think of it, bro from down like, with Brody. <laughs> if you think of it from an outside perspective, I almost thought the Mets wouldn't have a good relationship with him after what he came out and said oh, last clearly. year. Clearly, <laughs> they have a much better relationship Weird. than it. Man. But again, the other two finalists, first of all, anybody, a lot of big time baseball people were turning the job down, which just shows you what a dysfunction they are. I turned it down. Uh, The other two finalists were Hein, Hein Bloom, I want to say his name. Hyman? Heine? But he. Jaime Garcia. He's from the Tampa organization. So if you know, if you're looking to think outside the box with analytics and blah, 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 and that whole thing and you know get the most out of your players would I thought he would have been a good yeah fit. and listen not to defend the Mets or anything but and then the other guy real quick is Doug Melvin who is a former major league general manager yeah. and it likes to mix new school with old school yeah. but then they go with an, an agent who has no experience working in a major league front office yeah yeah um not to defend the Mets or anything but so I was listening to some show. They had a guy on who, you know, was a little closer to the situation. It's not always just that GMs, you know, are turning jobs down because they don't want to be part of the organization. A lot I, from what this guy was saying, a lot of a lot of people don't want to be a general manager. 
It's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot, uh, you know, going from one position to then general manager is a very tough thing. Um, a lot of these people, then I mean, they were trying to defend the Mets and saying like they weren't just turning down the jobs because it's the Mets. But I'm sure the fact that it is the Mets just makes it that that much easier to turn it down. I just don't get what the, like this is such a big transition period for the Mets. And you're going to put the franchise in the hands of a, of a, an agent. Yeah. And, but you know what? But, but though it's not like he's going from a relevant job to an, another similar job. You you're know an what, agent, but that you know has what, nothing. You know what this was though? It was their way of hiring someone mm-hmm. and not hiring Manaya specifically for the GM role. But still having him, yeah. I mean, call that's, the a, shots. that's another thing. They still oh, have yeah, Omar Minaya there. Point. I mean, like, that is a great. They point. didn't want to hire Minaya for the and right. go, have him go back. They wanted to hire someone, but I'm telling you right now, Minaya is going to be calling the shots. Yeah, they're I didn't gonna, think you know, of Minaya. They, they're Wilpon's but obsessed still, with Minaya. I mean, you're a general manager. I'm not saying it's going to get to the to the guy's head, but you want to have some power. You you're going to still want to make moves. And this is an inexperienced general manager who has no management experience in bait. He's an agent. That is a completely different realm. It just doesn't yeah, make it's sense. Not, it's not. There's it no similarity for me. No. What's the similarity between a GM and an agent that they both deal with baseball players? Yeah, it, no sense. All right. Now, since this is the NYY, standing for Yankees Sports Talk podcast it's time to talk a little yankees we ran a poll on our twitter this week uh saying take into account whatever factors you wish that you like the guy because or you think he's an asshole or you know infielder right-handed infielder versus outfielder whatever factor you wanted to take into account who would you rather have the Yankees sign if the Yankees can only sign one player, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? And this is one of the closest votes, probably the closest vote we ever had. On a poll. On a poll. 51% voted for Bryce Harper. Wow. Okay. I'm so torn. I'm so torn. I am someone who is sitting back and saying... I know the Yankees are built to hit home runs, and and as long as they do so, I'm okay with it. But it showed how difficult it is to to keep up that pace in the postseason. I want a guy here who, more like Machado, who isn't going to strike out as much, who's going to put the ball in play, who's going to back closer to 300 or, or more, um, and still put up power. But... Christian, you brought this up last week, and the more I thought about it, the more I just have to say, it makes no sense. If you're going to sign both, you sign both. But if you're sitting there, you're Brian Cashman, you say, I have to sign either one or the other, it makes no sense to sign Manny Machado over Bryce Harper. It makes zero sense. This team is thirsty for left-handed power, and a and who's the biggest reason? Thirsty, they're friggin' dehydrated right who's, now. Who is the f- biggest reason? Why? I mean, if if Greg Bird mm-hmm. had a big year like they expected, we're probably not even talking about Bryce Harper right now. It's probably hands down 
all Manny Machado. But because we now have a righty first baseman who you expect to now be in this lineup and win the job out of out of spring training, we need a lefty power bat. We need it. Um, here's here's why I'm leaning a hundred percent for Bryce Harper. I think the Yankees can survive on the infield waiting for Didi Gregorius to get back this year if he comes back. Even if he doesn't, then that's something that you can explore the trade deadline to pick somebody up and plug in if it's not working out. But you can bring back Neil Walker or Danny Echevarria and then slot Glaber, <clears throat> excuse me, into the other side. Like if you bring back Echevarria, obviously Torres will play second. If you bring back Walker, then Glaber can play short. And then you don't trade, maybe you don't trade uh, Andujar. Yeah, and, 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 plays and you know third. what? Francesa brought up a great point. I know Machado loves playing shortstop, and that's what... Let me tell you something. When Manny Machado plays third base, in my opinion, he is one of the best third basemen I have ever seen play the game. Defensively, at least. Offensively, you know, we all know what he's capable of. Defensively, the plays he makes at third base are He's not he the same value play- to He's me as not a third baseman. The same player as a shortstop. The Yankees defensively, we've seen how good Torres is at shortstop. He's had his mm-hmm. his blunders at second and I'm sure he'll get there, but we've seen how great he is at short. If you can slot him in there and get Harper into this lineup, it just makes more sense for me. Also, you know the Yankees are probably going to have a hole in the outfield. I mean, they technically don't, but do you want Stan playing left field every day? No. No. Do you feel more comfortable with a guy like Bryce Harper playing left field every day? Yes. So Stan's your everyday DH again. And let's and let's bring this point up. Everyone everyone would call up onto the radio and you know, all see Stanton's not having putting up the same numbers because he's used to playing every day in the field and it's different. Guess what? Stanton had much better, astronomical difference in offensive production when he was a DH as opposed to playing the field. He was much better offensively when he would DH. I want to keep. I want to keep that. I want to keep him as my DH as much as I can. And you can't. You can't stack your middle middle of the lineup with right-handed power hitters at that stadium. You can't have it be Judge Stanton. Sanchez, Machado, all the you need. No, someone you to need break a lefty. You need left-handed power at Yankee. Well, how could you, you stick Harper with Didi out? Who? Yeah. Who do they? They don't Aaron have Hicks. anybody. Aaron, Aaron Hicks is your lone, and then he's the you, only lefty sign for right, next but, year. But yeah. we've seen so how they're utilizing. How they're probably going to utilize Aaron Hicks. It's not going to be as a middle of the. No, he'll be their leadoff. Be the Aaron Hicks will guy. be their leadoff hitter next year. So let's not yeah, even talk about Aaron Hicks at this point because I'm talking. I'm talking middle of the lineup. You don't have anybody. Yeah, but Hicks will still he'll still hit you close to thirty home runs. Oh, absolutely. You put Harper in between Judge and Stanton. And oh my God. Christian sent us his OBP, which that, that I actually was pretty against getting either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I wouldn't have wanted either of them. But his on base percentage, Harper, look at, look at him. It's it's unbelievable. He's he's almost at four hundred every single year. He led the high threes he, or low he fours led every year. Major League Baseball in walks last year. That's sick, crazy. And he was, and didn't now even think have of that him with year. Stanton and actually Judge. Uh, his run production really picked up by the end. What were, what were his final home run? Four and hundred. That's great because he was. I mean, he really wasn't having 
a, a good year for most of the Career season. Career high in walks, 130 walks. Wow. He had a year where he had a four. I'm not exaggerating. He had a 460 on base percentage. Wow. He, he struck out 40 more times this year than he ever did, but um, he still had 100 RBIs. But look, the, strike, the uh, strikeout clearly isn't a factor no, anymore in baseball. And obviously the Yankees don't care about it. Right. So you can strike out all you want. Get on base for me, hit home runs, and put up 100 RBIs. The guy had 68 extra... Did he have any triples? No, he didn't. He had 68 extra base hits, 100 runs batted in, and he led the major leagues in walks. Here's my only concern. Um, and he's left-handed. His, what was his batting average? Two forty-nine. What was? What's his? Give me his top two in his career since he's been an everyday player. His top two highest batting averages in his career so far. Uh, I got three thirty and three nineteen. Okay, and then now tell me his last two years batting average. Three nineteen and two forty-nine. Not this year. I'm saying three. Not including this year, it was two forty-three and three nineteen. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, so he has had years where even even in the midst of hitting 300 where he's had down down you know, years, you know. He's more, you know, he, he kind of maybe he profiles as more like around the 270 hitter based on what I'm seeing here. I don't think he was really healthy in 2016, but 2017, I mean, he hit 319. I think a lot he put maybe put a lot of pressure on himself this year and chased a little bit more. Thinking he Contract had to do year. more, I mean, he doubled it, his walk totals this year practically. Man, as and that's Yan- crazy as too. A, as a, a Yankee lot. front office guy, as Brian Cashman, that's really a number that's standing out at you big time right now. Yeah, walks and on base percentage with this lineup. If we can supplant a lefty, the only thing the a lefty with a hundred RBIs and thirty four home runs. What does that translate into playing 81, 81 games yeah. at Yankee Stadium? For the regular season, they, they'll dominate. It's just I could see this lineup becoming stagnant in the postseason because they just, you could see them just all striking out. There's going to be a game in the postseason where there's 12 strikeouts and, and seven Great or eight point. of them are those. But you just the three put, of them. yeah, but think about the. The pressure with the pitches yeah, that no, Aaron Judge, I know. Aaron Hicks, I know. and then Bryce Harper I know. sees. But here's my thing, and, and Ryan, me and you were talking about this the other day. That was what was holding me back the most with Bryce Harper because we've seen this work in the regular season over and over. And come the postseason, does Bryce Harper become a guy like pretty much everyone else that just continues to swing at bad pitches and, and so on and so forth? And then it just becomes... It's like almost like a bad TV show when the Yankees start to swing at bad pitches and yeah, all start striking out. It's it. just one after the other. They just keep piling up. Does does Bryce Harper in this lineup in the postseason just encourage that? His more? postseason numbers aren't great. He's a two career two eleven hitter, but again, they're all short sample sizes because yeah, they never make it out of the first right. round. Right. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, no, you can't. I. At this point, it just makes more sense. Just what, but also the the reverse of that would be, they're going to see a lot of pitches. Yep. They're going to drive uh, yep. teams to go right to their bullpen in the postseason, and that that could be a yeah. a, a great uh, formula. I for just them think it's Harper much, 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 much more devastating to put Bryce Harper in the middle of Aaron Absolutely. Judge and John Carlos Stanton than it is to slot Manny Machado in anywhere in this. In this line, I agree. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the Dodgers. What what they what they did the first two games of their series. They had two lefties. They had lefties on the bench. 
Yeah. You, you construct your lineup based off matchups. Sure. And with with and Harper yet, in between them, that makes it very And I'm not just saying it be, be just to get a lefty in there because, yeah, like you're not going to be like, oh, let's sign any lefty just because mm-hmm. there's a lefty Yankee Stadium. So as a premier player yeah. in Major League Baseball, he's going to hit 35 home runs, you know, yeah. in his sleep. Right. And he didn't even have that great of a year. And what do we always say? A hundred. You want your batting, your on base, a hundred points over your batting average. This guy hit two forty nine, and he still almost got on base at a forty percent clip this year. That's crazy. That's just unheard of. It's unheard of. So now, either what? Here is what's going to happen now. You know, you got this guy who's an on base machine. So either now you are going to pitch to him, and he's going to club forty five home runs because now you have mm-hmm. to be forced to pitch to him, or you are going to pass the baton to hopefully John Carlos Stanton, who's. You know, back to being the MVP and right. not having such an up and down season, or you make a lineup change yeah. and puts whoever's hitting hottest over there. I honestly, I know we really didn't even touch on Machado in this segment, but it's not even like if I can only sign one guy, I'm not even thinking about it. It's in hard. my opinion, the only way they sign Machado mm-hmm. is if they're down to sign both. But like I said. If Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenners are looking at it and saying, look, we could only really take one of these guys, hey, come on. It's or a, the only way I sign Machado the only is thing I if hate. I have a deal on the table where I have to trade Andujar and yeah. I can't pass up this yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. The only thing I hate is this 10-year shit. It kills me. Yeah, he'd be, I hate it. It just shouldn't be, happen anymore. He's going to be 34 years old, though. It's not like he's going to be an old man when it's it comes not, that's to not, It's just not even the point. How many times have we seen guys, after being in a contract for three, four, five years, just the remainder of their contract is just like, oh, my God. Is there's 24 now or 26, I thought? No, nah, he's 20. Machado's 24. Uh, he came no, up Bryce Harper. Harper will be oh, 25. You, you talking Machado? How old is Harper? 25. 26. Oh, he just turned Harper. 26. So, so you know 36. what? You put an opt-out after the first five years. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's better than giving a 30-year-old or 32-year-old a, a 10-year contract. Yeah. You know, But it's still that you're going to have two guys then at the back end of their contracts with if they do sign Harper with Harper and Stanton, two vets. In, yeah, you know, seven know. years from now, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll I'm not worried about seven years from now. The Yankees have to win a World yeah. Series in the next two years. So, I agree. All right, so let's wrap up episode seven eight with a little number trivia. I have no idea. No one. Good, good answer because no one's ever won seven eight for <laughs> the Yankees. All right, so this was a little bonus episode. I wonder how people are going to like it that we really didn't spend a lot of time on the Yankees. I yet. actually think people are going to enjoy this episode. I thought. I think we had a nice flow. We had some good, good baseball talk, yeah. and we still we still wrapped it up with a lot of Yankee stuff. Yeah, that was a great episode. All right, so thank you for listening to episode seventy eight. This is a special Saturday edition of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, big game for the World Series tonight, so I'll be very interested in checking that out. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back Monday morning with episode seventy nine in the first round of Keep 'Em Dump 'Em. So stack guy Rye. Go Yanks. Hey, got to keep it consistent, if anything else, right? Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. (laughs)